Welcome to the pickup line. I'm Justin, and today we are continuing our discussion of Walter Ong's orality and literacy. Um, so we're going to start at the beginning, the introduction, and Ong writes, In recent years, basic differences have been discovered between the ways of managing knowledge and verbalization in primary oral cultures, cultures with no knowledge at all of writing, and in cultures deeply affected by the use of writing. The implications of the new discoveries have been startling. Many of the features we have taken for granted in thought and expression in literature, philosophy and science, and even in oral discourse among literates are not directly native to human existence as such, but have come into being because of the resources which the technology of writing makes available to human consciousness. We've had to revise our understanding of human identity. Well, those are some big ideas there, thinking about the, the idea that the technology of writing, the... The evolution, the, the inception of this notion of taking these, these things in our brains, whatever those things are, thoughts, ideas, electronal sparks that are happening in our soft brain matter, taking those things and devising a system by which to not only describe those things, but to share those descriptions with other people. Um, that, that idea seems so... Uh, it seems so tied into everything. It just we take it for granted, right? We take it for granted that we we have tools in front of us that allow us to, in a in a way, it's almost like telekine- telekinesis to take a thing that's in our brain, a thought, an idea, a feeling, an emotion, whatever, wherever that comes from, and put it out into the world to physically manifest it as a thing, as an object as a shareable artifact. It's a crazy idea, if you really think about it. Especially for when writing was first being developed and, 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 and tied into human culture and experience. On continues here. The subject of this book is the differences between orality and literacy. Or rather, since readers of this book, or any kind of book by definition, are acquainted with literate culture from the inside, the subject is first thought and its verbal expression in oral culture, which is strange and at times bizarre to us, and second, literate thought and expression in terms of their emergence from and relation to orality, spoken word. I added that last little definition of orality there myself. Uh, Ong continues, The subject of this book is not any school of interpretation. There is no school of orality and literacy, nothing that would be the equivalent of formalism or new criticism or structuralism or deconstructionism, Although awareness of the interrelationship of orality and literacy can affect what is done in these as well as various other schools or movements all through the humanities and social sciences. Knowledge of orality slash literacy contrasts and relationships does not normally generate impassioned allegiances to theories but rather encourages reflection on aspects of the human condition far too numerous ever to be fully enumerated. This book will undertake to treat a reasonable number of those aspects. Exhaustive treatment would demand many volumes. It's fascinating to me, as I interject here, that in my own graduate studies in English and literature that I went through in my graduate school, I was very much exposed to formalism and new criticism and structuralism and deconstructionism. And these schools of literary thought were at the forefront of all of my education. 
But not once, nowhere, anywhere, did I ever get exposed to Walter Ogg and the ideas that are presented here in this book. And I'm kind of pissed off about that, to be honest. Um, so I'm really happy I'm, I'm finally coming to it now, considering that I am a, a professional teacher of writing um, for first-year students at a major university. Um, on continues, It is useful to approach orality and literacy synchronically by comparing oral cultures and chirographic meaning writing cultures, that coexist at a given period of time, but it is absolutely essential to approach them as diachronically or historically by comparing successive periods with another. Human society first formed itself with the aid of oral speech, becoming literate very late in its history. And at first, only certain, uh, in only certain groups... Homo sapiens has been in existence for between 30 to 50,000 years. The earliest script dates from only 6,000 years ago. Diachronic study of orality and literacy and of the various stages in the evolution from one to the other sets up a frame of reference in which it is possible to understand better not only pristine oral culture and subsequent writing culture, but also the print culture that brings writing to a new peak and the electronic culture which builds on both writing and print. In this diachronic framework, past and present, Homer and television can illuminate one another. And so I would interject here and just kind of say that, and, and to add on to that now, like, and the phone can illuminate one another, and the social media networks that we are a part of can illuminate one another. And so this book is kind of maybe going to be grounded in sort of an era of technology where television was prominent, where you had the emergence and the beginnings of the internet. But now that now we're seeing, now we're just seeing a lot of new things happening. And so that's where I'm really interested in coming in here myself as someone who's interested in things like postmodern rhetorics, Twitch streams, uh, video game culture, um, the sort of technologizing of how we think about writing and texts and what that means. Um, the instant dissemination of texts that are enabled by platforms like Reddit, Google Drive. How, how are these things uh, adding to this discussion? So that's kind of where I come in. That's where I'm really interested in this. But the illumination, Ong continues here, but the illumination does not come easily. Understanding the relations of orality and literacy and the implications of the relations is not a matter of instant psychohistory or instant phenomenology. It calls for wide, even vast learning, painstaking thought and careful statement. Not only are the issues deep and complex, but they also engage our own biases. We, readers of books such as this, are so literate that it is very difficult for us to conceive of an oral universe of communication or thought except as a variant of a literate universe. This book will attempt to overcome our biases in some degree and to open new ways to understanding. It focuses on the relations between morality and writing. Literacy began with writing, but at a later, later stage of course also involves print. This book thus attends somewhat to print as well as to writing. It also makes some passing mention of the electronic processing of the word and of thought, as on radio and television and via satellite. So, so there it is. It makes a passing mention of those things, whereas you know, my, I'm interested in, in, in bringing those things to the fore. Our understanding of the differences between orality and literacy developed only in the electronic age, not earlier. Contrasts between electronic media and print have sensitized us to the earlier contrast between writing and orality. The electronic age is also an age of secondary orality, 
the orality of telephones, radio, and television, which depend on writing (laughs) and print for its existence. The shift from morality to literacy and on to electronic processing engages social, economic, political, religious, and other structures. These, however, are only indirect concerns of the present book, which treats rather the differences in mentality between oral and writing cultures. It goes back to that idea of, of, of uh, no, noetics, thinking, of, like, no, under, like, thinking about how we think and, and knowing about how we know. Um, Almost all the work thus far contrasting oral cultures and chirographic cultures has contrasted orality with alphabetic writing rather than with other writing systems, for example, cuneiform, Chinese characters, the Japanese syllabary, Mayan script, and so on, and has been concerned with the alphabet as used in the West. The alphabet is also at home in the East as in India, Southeast Asia, or Korea. Here, discussion will follow the major lines of extent scholarship, although some attention will also be given as relevant points to scripts other than the alphabet and to cultures other than just those of the West. So that is the introduction to orality and literacy. And the book starts kind of after that. So I'm going to end this episode here. I don't want to overwhelm folks or myself with too much at one time, but... The ideas presented here are awesome, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this book. Um, Looking back over what we just read, this idea of sort of understanding the argument that that, that Og wants to set out here, this idea of thinking about how we understand the mentality between oral and writing cultures, and how that idea of writing sort of not only shifted the the world, but shifted our understanding of, of what it means to be human, and this notion of taking an ethereal concept like an idea from one's brain and putting that out into the world and creating that and manifesting it I think is really interesting and central to this argument um, and what what that means and so it'll be really interesting to see how these ideas are developed throughout this book in the next episode we'll hop into this idea of uh, as Ong begins in chapter one the orality of language the literate mind and the oral past Um, so that should be an interesting read and discussion. I hope you are, uh, thank you for tuning in to the introduction to orality and literacy. And uh, we'll close out with a little bit of music and I will see you all on the next episode. Thank you so much. Cheers. These are the days of This is the long distance call. The way the camera follows us in slow-mo The way we look to the song The way we look to a distant constellation That's dying in a corner of the sky These are the days of miracle And wonder and no crying